Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com What's up, guys? Welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast, episode 35. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I am grateful for this platform. I'm grateful to uh, be able to sit in here in my office at the Yee Farm, talk about my opinions, and I'm, I'm grateful that anyone actually likes to listen to it. This all started many episodes ago on my bus when we were on tour in the back of my bus, talking about where I came from. Uh, how I got to here, and it has turned into now uh, a platform to be able to answer your questions, to be able to tell you what's going on with me and my family and the music or Yee Yee apparel, and most importantly, and my favorite thing, to be able to sit down with some of my friends and talk about their life. Today's a good one. This guy is one of the most fascinating people that I've ever met, and he has a very unique perspective on life, and rightly so, because he is one of the most deadliest snipers in American military history. Um, with that, with with that kind of title, being a, an Army Ranger and going through hell and back, essentially, um, with that, there comes a a certain amount, uh, you you either gain some knowledge and learn how to cope and learn how to see life through a different lens, or you don't make it out, and you're you're part of a the the devastating statistic of of those men and women that actually take their own life. That is how serious war is, and and, and that's how devastating it is to to young men and women. Nick Irving is also a New York Times bestseller and an incredible storyteller, an incredible speaker. And I'm very excited to have him on this podcast. And I think you're going to like it. Y'all stay tuned.
dead cans and diesel, mud tires and smoke. Long line of four by fours, up and down the old back road. Crazy cold ones, it's a redneck invasion. Yeah, you're rocking with that Everybody has a story. Everybody's got history. Everyone has a, a, a set of events in their life that come together to create who they are as a person. And there's been a few times in my life when I have forgotten that. I forget it all the time. Mm -hmm. But I met you at, in the Holler music video. Yep. yep. It was like, hey, you know Nick Irving? Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, Ranger Sniper. Yeah, cool. You're a cool guy. We had fun that day. Great fun. Good party. And then I go read The Reaper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I learn your history and your story. Appreciate it. And I, I, mean, I remember sitting, I was on tour, and I was reading that, and I was like, oh, my God, this, this is the guy. This is Nick. Like, this is his story. And it, it, just, it just reminds me that everyone's carrying around the, the, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, you, have, you have an incredible story. You are, um, you, you've seen things that, that most people will never see. Thank God oh, for hopefully, that. Hopefully, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and it's an honor to have you on the podcast today. I appreciate it, man. That was a... That was a Deep intro, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I feel regular. I feel regular, man. That, and that's why that's why you're such a cool guy because you come off regular. Um, you, that's that's how I hope people think of me. Dude, I hope I, that yeah. someone could think that. I honestly, when uh, after that holler video, and when it came out, well, one one of my son loves it, and uh, she was you know talking. He's like, "That's the guy you're with. It's a real music video, and he does real music." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I thought he was a regular guy." It's like, "Me too," but oh. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's a it just goes to show like you never let things get too, you know, too much to your head, you know. Absolutely. That is such you a have, key. You have to. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of read the Reaper twice because after I read it, then my bus driver, Bull, mm -hmm. who's an army vet, I, t I turned him on to it. So he started listening to the audiobook while yep, we were driving. Yep, yep. So in the mornings, I'd get up and the audiobook would be rolling. Wow. And then That's I would go sit up there with him during certain parts. And um and so you've written what five books? Five now. Yep. New York yeah. Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And working on like another autobiography, but not for myself. I'm working on two autobiographies, uh, ghostwriting. Um, I love telling other people's stories, man. And like the war part is cool, but I think the you know the triumphs that people have to to go over and the different you know um, I'm writing one guy's uh, autobiography and he's a he came from Mexico. He crossed the border illegally, joined the army, um, su suffered like 80% burns to his body on his first deployment. Um, felt like killing him himself multiple times, um, wounded, missing legs and stuff like that. But stories like that, man, that fight, the drive to continue is what inspires me. You yeah. know, I look at those guys and, you know, I had my, my time of, of wanting to give up, man, more times than I can count. You know, I'm not sure how it is for you for music, but... Like, have you ever wanted to say, man, I'm, I can't anymore, you know? If, if you ever felt like that, it's the 
what makes people drive, man, it, it's the story I like to tell, or I even like to, to hear. You learn a lot from yeah. it. You know, there's a big difference between me and music business, and I had I've had that many times. I've mm-hmm. thought, I'm, this is the end. This is the end of the road of music. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yep. And, but uh, it's different. <laughs> your your yeah, kind yeah, of story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's actually happened to you mm-hmm. uh, on the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. The day for you, mm-hmm. and um, a day you'll never forget. Oh yeah. And that day, you talk about in the book that you actually you had you can't you came to a crossroads where there was actually a decision mm-hmm. of do I take my own life yep. yeah. not not necessarily not in a selfish way at all or not not in a in a scared way but mm-hmm. more in a um conser- conserving the intelligence yeah this is all we have left man this, yeah that was a that was a scary day and I I you know I found myself I think about it every day but it's like an unconscious effort unconscious effort to to do it you know, it just kind of pops up out of nowhere. And I think about, you know, that day, me and my wife were having a conversation about it like a week ago. And like, I don't talk about the army stuff anymore, which is like weird, but I think about it, dream about it, you know, dream about it every, every once in a while. And it's just uh, like that guy at that age, man, it's, um, I'm not sure how, how I, you know, survived or, you know, uh, that, that mindset you have to be in. I've been I don't know. It was it was a weird place to be, man. Being overrun yeah. and and you know surrounded and you know we called in for air support. They were like, you know, we're not dropping any air support, uh, no reinforcements. And the last option was you know take a grenade, pull the pin, and, and hug it. That was a, a day I'll never forget. But it's one of those days where I, don't know, I look back at that guy and I'm impressed by that guy. You know, it's almost like I, uh, it's a different person. It's, it's such a different person that I admire that guy. But I'm so I I don't know if it's older now or or what it is, man. But like that guy is it's I wouldn't do it. I don't know if I would do it again. I'm smarter and I know things hurt now. You know, I'm scared yeah. to ride a bike. Yeah. Because of the fear of not a, not a bike, but let's say a skateboard. I won't try that right now because my bones don't recover the way they used to if I fall. You know. Yeah. But it's probably the nat- yeah. the natural progression of getting older mm-hmm. uh, and you're not as crazy as you were you know yeah that was crazy but 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 still still your story of crazy mm-hmm. your your level of crazy is higher than anyone else so yeah, dude, yeah. dude you dream about it mm-hmm. oh, what's yeah. that what do you dream about it starts off as a normal dream um for example oh i was in this one dream last night oh uh let's another one i was i met prince <laughs> in one dream and <laughs> I have, I don't even think about Prince, you know. Right. But I went to sleep, and and in this dream, I was in this. Uh, it must have been a small, dark club, and all the smoke-filled room and stuff like that. Very small, secluded club. And this guy walks in, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, it's it, it's somebody!" And everyone's fighting to go see him. And I look, and it's Prince, but he's short, like Prince is. But the closer I got to him, the taller he got. You know, and he became like eight feet tall. And I was like, well, I know this is a dream because Prince is not that tall. And then it turned into like being in combat again. It's every dream is like that. 80% of my dreams, it starts off normal. And I wake up and I'm like, you know, I tell Jess, I'm like, hey, I just killed like 40 people in this dream. And it started off this way. And I don't know why it comes out that way. Um, In combat, I dreamed about high school and bullies and stuff like that when I was in combat. But when I got out of combat, I think I dreamt more about combat opposed to, you know, the life that I'm living now. It's more about just weird things. I think that I try to suppress for so long. Um, it's finally giving, uh, getting 
a chance to, to, you know, to rise itself in a way that, you know, I think it's healthy at this point in time. It, it doesn't bother me. I don't lose sleep or anything. It's comical at this point. You know, I yeah. expect it, but it's, um, it's, it's a weird, weird transition from, uh, I guess the different state of, of, of mindsets and, you know, watching those old videos growing up from the guys in Vietnam and dude, I used to question like, why are these guys crying? You know, they're 80 years old or 70 years old. And this happened back when they were in their 20s. And I fall back on that saying, like, beware what you wish for, you know. Right. And I definitely I I see the connection that in my mind, I always see it as if it happened maybe two weeks ago. Everything that I've even that mission, it feels for me when I think about it, I can see it. And it feels like it maybe two, three weeks ago. But I know it happened in 2009. But the time doesn't. It just doesn't add up, and it still is fresh. I can still hear the bullet pops. I can still taste, you know, the blood that was in the stream. I still taste all that and smell the everything, the fear, you know. You gotta, you guys gotta read the Reaper to kind of fill in the blanks. Um, this, you've talked about it on many other uh, media sources, mm-hmm. and so we don't have to go yeah, back yeah. to that day. And but, but, but you, you should, you guys should read this book to fill in the blanks. Um, so you're one of the the deadliest snipers in American history, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the the takeaway from that is how you're so cool and normal. Normal, that's what it is. Yeah. Right? And maybe yeah. maybe you you hear me say that and you think you have no idea. No, I honestly I, I think, bro, to be honest, man, I was so scared of letting that part of me go. Right. You know, I used to drink a lot and I would call home and, dude, I went through this really, really depressed state. And depression runs in my family. Um, like my mom, she suffers really, really bad from it. And, dude, I remember visiting, you know, her in hospitals, you know, from being just a really, really depressed state. And there was a few times that, you know, we thought we were not going to have a mom, you know. And it's, uh, it, it's a long lineage in my family. But I found that I was so scared of, of giving that that guy away that the reaper away are losing an edge of something, you know, I was so, so scared of it that I held on to it, held on to it. And it became like unhealthy. And, and I became more depressed. I, I started getting depressed of losing that guy becoming, you know, in this really dark spot of, I don't want to lose this guy. I don't want to lose this guy. And I had a hard time finding out who I used to be. Right. You know, I look at the old pictures of me growing up and I had this childhood dream of wanting to be a sniper. And I look at those old pictures and it's just not the same. I don't re- I don't I did for a long time. I did not remember that guy, you right. know, the smiles, the my parents will tell me, you know, I was this child and, you know, happy stuff. But I just I don't know. I didn't want it. Or I pushed it away for so long and eventually it became unhealthy. And, you know, um, it, it, it kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it just got way too unhealthy for me, man, and That's came what, to a crossroads. Is that why crossroad. you hear vets that go and get motorcycles and, yes, sir. and go crazy? Dude, I had one. I had a Harley, and I was a uh, not a good person to look up to for bike riding at that time. <laughs> I was doing a lot of dumb stuff, man. It, it was for the rush, you know? Right. I didn't want to give that what up. What you hear. Oh, yeah. And, you know, finally getting reconnected back with that person taking a long look in the mirror you know i'd never done that you know dude i hadn't i don't know if this is going to sound weird but have you ever looked in the mirror like at yourself for a while and notice how uncomfortable it is over time if anyone has or Man, if, if I, you should give I, it a I shot take, i've done that. dedicate 10 minutes and stare at yourself in the mirror and find out how 
awkward it uh, awkward it can be, and I wondered why. So you know, I, I'm kind of I kind of wanted to get weird on this podcast, and yeah, you're yeah. already doing it for Mom, me. I'm sorry because I know yeah. you can go there. Oh yeah, and that's what I, I eventually want to talk about with you. But mm-hmm. uh, okay, so so you stared yourself in the mirror yeah. for ten minutes. It's At a least, new form yeah. of meditation. It is. That's why I started meditating and. Dude, I saw like all the like the no smiling. Um, it just it made me feel different, you know. Like, wow, this is what people see, or, or this is what I think you're a projection of what's on the inside, you mm-hmm. know. So whatever is going on on the inside, people see it. It 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 shows itself in its expressions. You age, and all these different things that are scientifically proven from being in a in a, a negative state, even frowning. You know, the the muscles that it takes to do that, opposed to smiling. Um, so I started to change that person by changing the image on the outside, even if it was forcing it. In the military, we had this thing called AM and FM, like you're a radio, you're a tuner. And AM is actual motivation. And sometimes, a lot of the times, we have to turn to the FM station, which is false motivation. You know, so we would, I would do that and fake this character. You know, I had built this character to be in the army of the Reaper, and I wanted to build an, another character, which is a happier person. So I started to mold that person from the outside first and then find out, you know, why is that person the way it is by, you know, meditating. And did and, it work? Yeah, Does the 100%. FM station work? Heck yeah, man. You fool your mind. I think you fool your yeah. mind by forcing it to do something even when it doesn't want to. So even in, in a bad situation, you begin to force yourself to find the positive in everything, you know. So yeah. it's that false motivation of building that synapsis in your brain to always find something okay. Yeah, man, that is wild. You have a, uh, you have, I would say the word you have a gift. You wouldn't probably look at it as a gift, but you know, taken taken back to that moment mm-hmm. on the day when you thought, all right, I'm probably going to have to take my own life mm-hmm. to save what's left of this mission. Mm-hmm. You've already lost buddies. Oh yeah, good men. Mm-hmm. You've seen everything go to hell. Yeah, that you hoped you would never see. You thought. You probably thought you might one day, but yeah. you hoped that you wouldn't. Hundred percent. So you reached this point where you're like, "All right, I think I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna have to t- taking my own life is probably a good option." Mm-hmm. So then, how long is that period between that thought and I think I'm gonna be all right? Oh, when the mission was over, when okay. I got back home, when I got home, well, I take that back. I went to well after that mission, um, I debated on standing up at one point during the ambush and like get shot or wound myself to get home early or something. But after that mission is when I went to the back of where we lived at and I grabbed a a satellite phone that one of these FBI guys had. And I called my dad and I just cried for like, you know, a few minutes. I waited for an F-16 jet to rev up its uh, afterburner Mm -hmm. to take off. And I used that as the mask to, uh, to cry. I didn't want anybody to hear me. And I cried for, for a little while and he didn't say anything. He just, I guess he, he already knew that um, well, obviously something wasn't right, but yeah, he just let me cry. And then I cried again when I got home. I told my wife I was going to the gas station and I had these tinted windows on this Mercury Grand Marquis yeah. uh, tr- yeah, yeah. uh, car and sat in the parking lot of the apartment complex and, and, and cried for a while, like another 10, and 15 minutes. You yeah. talk about hiding it, but in, the reality is no one would blame you for yeah, crying. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I was in, it was one of those things that was a sign of weakness for me. Like, right. I didn't want anyone to see me cry or, or show emotion. It was, I think that was the hardest toll or one of the biggest tolls that, that you know, took it, 
you know, played a big part of who I became after that was holding a lot of stuff on the inside, you know, and, and being scared to say what was going on and not being, you know, not wanting to be seen. My childhood was uh, not weird, but it was that very tough childhood, you know. Anytime I ever got hurt, it was my dad would tell me, take the pain and, and throw it away. There was no crying, not allowed to get hurt. So I just grew up that being a man was, you know, just never cry, never show emotion. Yeah, I get that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So There's a time it, and a place for it, though. It, it went, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So it went all the way to the end of the mission from, mm-hmm. from the thought of maybe I should take my own life to, to save what's left of this. Mm-hmm. That went all the way to the end of the mission. Oh, yeah, hours later. So the, the mm-hmm. first time you actually slept mm-hmm. in a safe bed. That was it, yep. So yep. laying in that bed, was there any feeling of gratefulness or was it all clouded by... Cloudy, dude. I'm glad you brought that up. It was such a cloudy experience. Like after getting back, it was it was quiet, you know? Yeah. I remember the first time I, I closed my eyes, we, were, uh, we had some detainees, some prisoners, and a prisoner was sitting next to me and I closed my eyes and I heard this loud crack go past my ear like a bullet. And I woke up and I looked around and no one flinched, no one moved, and that sound was inside my head. And I was just so used to hearing snap, snap. And when it was quiet time, it was just, uh, I took a shower. I was forced to take a shower. I didn't know how bad I smelled after five days. And, you know, but forced to take a shower and lay down in bed. And it was just, uh, it was quiet, man. It was quiet. I think I watched uh, Taken 2 after that. Or No, I watched Hancock. Yeah. Will Smith, yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's like a chicken noodle soup for the brain. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'll do that with The Office. If I'm going through a rough time, I'll watch The Office, mm-hmm. and it's like, yep. you know, soul food yep. for, the, for the brain. After scary movies, man, you have to watch, turn on all the lights after a scary movie. That's what I do. And watch, like, Home Alone or something. Yeah. You know? Yep. So now, mm-hmm. now, it's been, what, 11 years, right? Something 11, like that? Yeah. 10, yep, 10 years now. Is there now yeah. a feeling of... I'm glad I made it. Oh, yeah. You man. got a little boy out here. He's right out yeah. here in the lobby. Beautiful wife, beautiful little yeah. boy, Appreciate three years it, old. Is there now a feeling of yeah. maybe maybe there is a sliver of goodness that I was supposed to make it out of there? Yeah, man. I think that was the big wake-up call. Like, not even creating life. You know, shout-out to women, man. Yeah. That's crazy, you know? Yeah. But um, I'm like... I think having a family and, and, and just there is goodness, you know, and you see it in every child, any baby, any, any kid, man, they're all perfect. You know, yeah, there's nothing wrong about them. And like we were all that way at some point in time, you know, it's just the things that that happen in life make the world seem to be grim and, and dark and, and people are, you know, crazy at times. But and we all come from that same seed. And I think that getting a chance to experience that and see it with my own eyes and be a part of that creation of something that is pure, great goodness. It's uh, it, it, it put a big twist on things, man. It, it took away the bad stuff that I saw and yeah. gave a little bit of a spark. Like, you know, that's all that matters now of is, is that thing, whatever it is to keep it good. I want to keep it good. You know, if he can be a good person throughout this whole duration or this journey of life, man, then, you know, He'll be a blessing to somebody, yes. and, and it's a good thing. Yes. You know, I see it that way, man. I, I've said on this podcast before that so much of life is suffering. You know? mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. humans are here, and we suffer. That's what we do best. Mm-hmm. 
The only way, you can't get rid of the suffering. You can't, there's nothing you could do. It's coming. Yep. But you could offset it with meaning. There you go. And that's exactly yep. what you're doing. You're offsetting the suffering that you've had and that, that you will continue to have mm-hmm. uh, through meaning. And, and through meaning means responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your wife, your little boy, yep. raising him up the best that you know how. You have to. Oh, yeah. And that offsets. It doesn't erase it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. erase the suffering, but it it ameliorates it enough there you go. to tolerate it. Yep, yep, yep. That I, I uh, we mean you haven't spoken in person. Uh, it's been three hundred and sixty six days. Did you know that? No. Three hundred sixty six days. I know that because wow, dude. Because it was June fourth. We got together, and it was a leap year this year. Oh, I didn't, account, year. I didn't yeah. account for that. Yeah, but but we got together on a podcast with mm-hmm. Dakota Meyer, mm-hmm. and that was on June fourth, mm-hmm. and it was here at the Yee Farm, yep. and we talked about ironically in that podcast, is there a day in your life that defines you? And mm-hmm. we kind of went around the circle, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then that night became mine, dude. I'm gonna and and you know what, like I'm I I don't I'm not a big I don't cry a lot, you know. But that day when I found out, dude, it's I did, and I texted you and stuff like that. It was it was hard to, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, damn, dude. It's really weird that that's the last time we talked, and we talked about what day to find you. I didn't know that just a few hours I would be in my hell. Yeah. Um, with with losing my little boy, and uh, who's now the same age as yours. Oh yeah. And um. And I think I do believe that everything happens for a reason. Uh, as as far as us being together that day, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a special thing, and um, and I, I respect you as a person, and and I respect the way that you have offset your suffering through meaning, and that that you could even sit here and uh, and be positive at all. Oh yeah. Being, dude, you're the inspiration, man. Like no, you know, yeah. No, no. I have, dude. I have a boy, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, dude. I can, so yeah. Tell me, I know that, I know that you have some things that you do to clear your mind. Yep, yep. You have to. Oh yeah. As, as the nation's dude, deadliest yeah. sniper, uh, you don't just live a normal life and. Go through a nine to five. Mm-hmm. You have to have a ritual component to your life where you go, man, I have to do this to recharge my brain. Yeah. I do a lot of meditation, man. And that's one thing I picked up, I want to say three years ago, uh, with the birth of my son. I picked up meditation and like really got, I grew up wanting to know meditation. This guy named Michael White from middle school when Dragon Ball Z was a thing. And chi energy and and all these chakra stuff. So he introduced me to it. And as a kid, I've always wanted to learn how to meditate or or how to meditate. And tried as a kid, and I didn't get the concept of it. I just thought you close your eyes, and it was boring. Um, So, yeah, I got really serious about it three years ago. And uh, I changed my life, man, big time. It's the only time I get a chance to be quiet and, and question myself, get a chance to see myself from not only the inside, but how other people view me or what other people see. What, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's been a really good game changer, man. I've become, it's, it's weird, but I become like way more connected with like the earth, man, 
you know, yeah. way, way more connected with the earth and, and seeing like the uh, beauty in a lot of, you know, a lot of things and, and nature and, and the similarities between nature and mankind. And uh, even with with this whole pandemic thing or whatever you want to call it, it it's dude, when everybody went inside, Mother Nature became happy. It got really happy. And it made me think that, you know, we don't even our time here is so short and it's all going to end one day. And when it when it does, the earth and everything else is going to continue to move on just as happy, just as happy. So it's like we're already on this short, linear, you know, scale of time. And to to think that, you know, we're so important that our negativity could you know, influence or we want to perpetuate this negativity so much that it's going to have an impact on the earth, man, um, or on mankind. It's, uh, it's kind of not even just selfish. It's just a dumb move to think. It's just a dumb mentality to have. To, to, it is yeah, selfish. selfish. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I want to, I'm going to take a quick break yeah. and then, and then I want to, I want to actually talk specific on what, how you meditate. Cause maybe someone's out there thinking, yeah, yeah all right, well, how does, how does this dude do it? Cause too I want to try it. Yeah. Right, we'll be right back. Taking a quick break. I hope you like the podcast. I hope you're enjoying Nick Irving telling his stories, his perspective on life. And I want to tell you guys while we break that this Friday, June the 12th, we are having Yee Yee Apparel's big summer launch. We have all kinds of new apparel. It's going to happen at 10 a.m. And typically, these have sold out pretty quick. So you're going to want to go to yeeyee.com or yeeyeeapparel.com and get there early and make sure you set your alarms in your phone say friday hey hey siri friday remind me on friday that it's the yee apparel summer launch so that you can get it right in there at 10 a.m and uh, have access to the store and pick whatever you want because it's 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 tough to see people that are that are you know diehard yee nation and they go in there and they find their favorite shirt and then they click large and it says sold out i don't want that to happen to you I am going to say right now on this podcast, this particular hat, uh, this is the, um, the multi, multi-wildlife hat, we'll call it that. I don't know what they're calling it, but, uh, but it, it, it's one of my favorite hats to wear. And I'm going to give this away on this podcast. Comment below, Sniper. Comment below, Sniper. And I will sign it. Nick will sign it. And we will contact you pick a random winner and mail it out. Love you guys. More back. So do, do you meditate every day? Or? Every day. Okay, every day. Every day. How long? It, it it fluctuates. The minimum 30 minutes, the longest I've done was two hours. And that was like on a bad day. Just uh, not a bad day. It was just a lot of stuff going on and I just wanted to take that time. But um. Basically how I do it, it's finding a nice room that I'm comfortable in. And usually it's dark for me. I like it dark. What set set me up? What's the room in your house that you do this? It's got to be completely bare. And so I read a lot of um, like weird books, (laughs) weird books, Um, you know, Christian books, uh, the Bible to witchcraft and occultism, but not necessarily I, you know, associate myself i just like knowledge and i like to understand maybe the spirit a little bit more in depth but um my room is completely bare white walls carpet so you have a room just for this just in your for house it. all right just for it 
Um, I don't think you need one. You could find a closet or even just a, a room you're comfortable in. Um, for me, I sit down in Indian style and um, begin a breathing process. I don't close my eyes all the way. I kind of just look normal and I breathe really deep and I hold it and I breathe out three seconds, three seconds. And I keep that pattern up. And from that, I start to realize how little we do breathe. You know, how many, uh, how little we do breathe, breathe and, and the few deep breaths that we take in throughout the day. And oxygen supplies everything to the brain, all the blood to the brain. And you start to realize how more or how better you feel just by breathing deeply and holding it. And I work different parts of my diaphragm to help me breathe. Um, a lot of people breathe from their breathe from their chest area and change that and try to breathe from your lower diaphragm area. Um, I you know repeat that process until I feel comfortable. I would say ten minutes maybe, and that's when my eyes begin to close and I feel I relax everything in my body. So I consciously make the decision to relax the very top part of my head, the very crown part, and I re relax my forehead and take time relaxing each and individual group from the top of your head to your eyebrows to your neck all the way down to your toes while breathing and relaxing everyone consciously every muscle group consciously and then closing my eyes all the way and that's when i focus on these small points in your body that are called you know chakras and there's seven of them so there's one at the very base of Some chakras mm -hmm. if you, anyone looks it up it's a very simple to understand i think it's pretty you know, interesting to understand, like these energy sources uh, throughout your body. Um, I practice basically opening my chakras and I practice another form of meditation uh, where you rise the kundalini energy. Um, it's this serpent serpent of energy that Ryan, uh, goes through your spinal cord all the way to the crown of your head and um, yeah, all the way to if you believe in your third eye and all this stuff. But yeah, I practice those methods. Um, and your chakras, if you want to do the, uh, the very simple version of that is, you know, there's seven different points in your body and you focus on each point. And for me, I open each one. They look like flower pe or uh, uh, flower petals. Imagine um, lotus flowers. Each one of them has their own specific color and you open one up and then you let this light like the sun. You imagine all this uh, in your head and you open each one, focusing on each point inside your body until you get to the the very top of it um and it it works man it, it calms you down and, and a lot of people when i first started you have a lot of thoughts that go in your head like well i can't concentrate on just one particular thing let those thoughts come into your head acknowledge them and then let them go so if i think about dude i can be meditating and, and go off into a thought of a, a 18 wheeler truck and i'll watch it and then i'll let it go and I'm observant of every thought that goes into my head, just being observant. And meditation is all about observing, just observing everything, the thoughts in your head, the thoughts in, on the inside. Including daydreams, right? Everything. You start daydreaming, mm -hmm. you realize you're daydreaming, you realize that now yep. it's gone. Exactly. Think about, okay, well, that was it, and, and let it go. And that, the, the stresses in your life, you know, they'll pop up and things you're mad at. You know, I don't allow myself to get angry. I don't dwell on them. I just observe them and then move on to the the exercise but until the exercise is eventually you'll get to the point to where you can do it all the way through yeah man you guys think uh i think sometimes like a kicker in the nfl mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's in the super bowl and, and he's got to make this he's got to make this field goal mm -hmm. he's got to connect this kick through the uprights to win the game and not only for his for his guys i'm sure it's his teammates mm -hmm. are number one but for all the fans all the fans I'm missing that one. So, 
what I, can you imagine? Not you, mm-hmm. the people listening. That feeling times a million. Finger on the trigger. Yeah, yeah. You're right there. You're in battle. Mm-hmm. You got to make this shot, or your buddy is going to die. I'm scared all the time. There has never been a time where I've not been scared, nervous, or underestimated underestimated myself in combat. So tell me that that yeah. that feeling that that level of anxiety doesn't throw you into searching for some kind of meaning and mm-hmm. some kind mm-hmm. of meditation in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine, dude. It's because you didn't do that before no. the war. No, no. You're probably just a, a regular dude, dude. Regular guy, <laughs> class clown, bad grades. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, God, it, man. Yeah, it's a dude. It's I don't know. I think we all have weird gifts and talents, or even if you want to call them talents, you know. I think what you do is art. You know, I, I went to uh, I went to college when I was in middle school. I got selected to go to a college program or take a semester for art, um, and. I'm big into art. I love painting and, and drawing and stuff like that. But I look at your what you do, your you know, uh your ear for music, your, you know, intellect within it, it it's is is an art form and it's a gift. Not everybody has that. And to be able to what I think art when I think about music, I think about let's say your soul, right? That invisible thing that you can put on a stringed instrument or an instrument or your vocal tunes. I can't sing, I can strum around on a guitar. But I'm not able to project what I feel in emotion to a massive crowd. You know, that's like, I'm not trying to get too religious, but I'm saying it's like when Yeshua, Jesus, the great teacher fed, you know, thousands of people with very small things. You know, it's the same. It's that concept. That analogy it's that does concept. not work, bro. Dude, I think it <laughs> I does, man. Music. <laughs> it's not the same, but you affect people and you change lives. I think if you can do that, for me as a storyteller, right? Yeah. Um, you can change people's lives by telling a story, but to play music, I look at it as if, uh, which you ev- do, you'd play guitar, by the way, eh, mm, no. you enjoy it. I, I, en- I enjoy it, but I can't, I can't do what you do where I can, I can play, but it's not that emotion in it. I'm learning how to play. You know what I mean? You have a gift and a talent to play and you feed people's souls with your gift. You know, you change people's lives. You may take someone through a hard time. Um, Dude, music for me growing up was, you know, I could have a song that related to, you know, when I felt that I was getting bullied in school. You know, I can go back to that song. It changed my life, made me feel a little bit more powerful or or whatnot. Even in combat, it has a spirit to it and it changes lives. We listen to death metal and all these, you know, hardcore songs to get us ready to go into combat. So music in itself, I think, has a, a portion of something in it that feeds the soul. 100%. 100%. Has to. It's vibration. That's unreal, man. We're all made of vibrations. So, well, let's take away the combat. Let's take away all your sniper kills, mm-hmm. ranger school. Let's take away all that. Now you're just a black man in America. Mm-hmm. Where are we at today? Sad, man. I do. I think it's sad. You know, I was talking to, three days ago, I was talking to uh, a writer, a book writer, um, older guy, and he grew up around the, um, you know, segregation and, and racism back yeah. in America. And my parents did as well. My parent, my dad went to a fully segregated school and when it all happened. But um, he told me that it's it's worse now. Is he still around? Yeah, he is. He is. Um, 
And, you know, they both, you know, came to that conclusion that it's worse now. And I think that it's because of maybe it was never fully demolished or, or, or out of certain parts of culture. And I can't blame anyone for that, or anyone can. I think that to think that everybody here on this planet, and there's a good and an evil, that everybody's going to choose good. Everybody can't choose good. If it were, were that way, then, it, you know, heaven on earth. But being that it's not at that point yet, there are going to be bad people with bad intentions and, and bad morals and, and bad ways of thinking. And I think that, you know, you can't necessarily have everyone like you, you know, but the common acceptance of the fact that maybe we're just a, a person may have a view of me, but you don't have to disrespect me because I am that person or a color of, of uh, a person that you may not like, you know, but the respect of a human being, we can all at least agree to that. You know, we're at least human being, whatever you think about me, you know, it is what it is, but it's just a weird place to be. in, man, I think, you know, having a family and having a kid, I'm lucky in the fact that he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having to explain him, explain to him, though, I'm not even sure I can explain it now, you know, here to myself. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm not sure if it's something was swept under the rugs for so long that it, you know, finally became a boulder. And, and here it is. Or we've been stressed out as a nation, you know, as well. And a lot of people are just doing things that they may not necessarily believe some do, but I think a lot of people at this point have maybe chosen two sides. And I think that's how our country is split regardless of how you look at it. it it's not united. It never has been. It's and your dad, your dad, mm -hmm. what does he say to, to why, why does he think mm -hmm. it's worse? I should say. I honestly do think because it's on TV and it's, it's, it's being filmed more and everybody, you know, has access to it. That's the we've way all I seen can... those videos of the mm -hmm. 60s, man. Mm -hmm. And know, to me, that was worse, dude. We've seen the fire mm -hmm. hose videos yeah. in Mississippi or wherever, you know, mm -hmm. wherever that was. And, yep. and he said, and he was there, mm -hmm. not there, but yeah. he, how does he, he thinks that the social media, I think it's social media and being able to see everyone's opinion of how they feel back then. It was, you know, three channels is what he said, you know, right. Three channels. And that was it. And you saw what you saw on the news and. You know, that was it. He went to a fully segregated school. So I think now just having access to social media and you get a chance to maybe see people's opinions or ways of thinking is what may make it appear to be bad. But I think maybe it's not bad or it just never went away, you know. And if that be the case, I mean, do I think there needs to be changed systematically? Yes, but not just in the favor of me because I am black. I think in the favor of everybody you know my son's not black he's mixed you know and i think that these rules are, are whatever the, the the good fight is for needs to apply to everyone everyone should at least feel safe or, or have the same advantages and i always say you know people ask does that really happen you know these advantage of uh, advantages of, of being black and in this situation or not and i would use the example of, of just me in movies and and, and tv shows right and I've been denied three times for a show and talked to uh, on set with the producer um, for a network, a big major network to probably cut my hair because it would not look good to a certain demographic. And I called my wife immediately. And I was like, this mother, you know, just told mm -hmm. me. That. Yeah. And so it's a real thing. It's a it's it's I've been discriminated against, you know, 
my wife and me both have been discriminated against for being mixed and you know called names i've been called names and all of it so it does exist but i'm not sure there's nothing you really can do about that you can't change someone's way of thinking you know i uh every morning at the gym work out with these guys mm-hmm. both of them black guys one of them is is not racially sensitive at all mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. one very mm-hmm. racially sensitive mm-hmm. so and we're really close so we get into these some occasionally these deep conversations mm-hmm. And I always, and kind of like I want to do with you right here, is I just want to kind of get out of the way Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to pretend like I Mm. can relate. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I do tell him, and and it's funny because I tell him this, and then I say, I'll never say this in public, and here I am on my own (laughs) podcast. But it feels like to me that as time goes by long enough, it gets a little Mm. bit better. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Mm -hmm. and you... You are the only one that could answer that. Mm-hmm. But, and my point to him, to Larry is, I say, Larry, if you ask your great, great granddad, mm-hmm. if you got it bad, don't oh, yeah. you think he'd laugh at you and said, tell 100%. me more about your problems. hundred percent, hundred percent. And 100%. as your kid mm-hmm. and Larry's kids and my kid, as every generation goes mm-hmm. by, a little mm-hmm. bit of it falls away. Or mm-hmm. does it? I don't mm-hmm. know. I No, I get where you're going, man. And that brings up a good point. So I would say, wow, that was pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, man. I, I do think you're right. Over time, it has to work that way. It only has to. I think we may be looking at time and, and, and how fast change is supposed to be on a scale that is not naturally supposed to work that way. You know? yeah, but you threw my theory out of the water at the very beginning when you said but no, your dad that, said that's, it's worse but, now. But no, I think, and that's the only reason why I think that, though, is because of social media. Yeah. Having access, we have so much access to the world now. Yeah. Back then it was, you know, we had access to one view and that was whatever the TV told you and you didn't have access to. I can talk to a person in the Congo. Well, I never have, but I'm pretty sure I could, yeah. you know, yeah, you on can. the internet. Yeah. If, yeah, the Congo, right? Yeah. When I hear people yeah. say... The country's more split now than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I always think, have you read about the Civil War? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 100% correct. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it's split. I think it's just having access. Everyone has access to seeing you're exactly right. forms of hate. And some people tend to gravitate towards the hateful side. You can pick and choose what you want to see, you know, what you want to feed your soul. I don't see – I do see division. I 100% see division. We but all do. I think it's also because of the fact there is a lot of social media you can look into. Um, Division's always going to be there. Uh, uh, I'm a firm believer in that. I think there's a way to cope with it. But now that you said over time, and you've made me think like, you know, when my grandparents were growing up, dude, I wouldn't last two two minutes in their shoes. Right. So I look at it now. I think we evolve and we start to see what's wrong over time. We naturally start to evolve. And we get, you know, we get better and we get better and we say, that was pretty crazy. 50 years ago, we were drilling holes in people's heads saying it's going to cure a headache, you right, know? Right. So uh, you got a point there. Wow. Mind is blown a little bit the there. I like that one. The trajectory at least is going up. It mm-hmm. might not be fast enough for most people. I like that. You're right. It's but, the curve, bro. It's the curve. And it, what I tell Larry is, you know, more bluntly, is I just say, old people just got to die eventually. Yeah. 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 Bro, you're 100% and their thoughts correct. Got to die with them. Yep, everybody's got 100 years, man. Max, mm-hmm. 
or at least unless you're lucky. I like that one. I like that one. See, now I have to go meditate on that now. <laughs> I am. I am. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, just the thought of uh, that I get the privilege of being in a Nick Irving meditation oh, session. Right, right. I think I just, I'm going to put I just, the <laughs> Shrine of Grandeur Smith <laughs> on the wall, man. Dude, I'll... I'll I, we can't go to another subject after that. I just want to say thank you for uh, no worries, for taking bro. your time. You are an American hero. Um, you have you have many many times over protected the right that has allowed me to have this podcast to to have the freedom of speech to speak my mind on a platform that I choose at the time that I choose and to live the American dream by going and choosing to play music to provide for my family. I believe that all that is provided and defended by guys like you. I appreciate it. And um, I, I can't thank you enough for, what, good, for what you've done, for your story, and, uh, and for your friendship. Awesome, man. I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.